This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to exciting. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. What up, Bengals fans? Welcome back into another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast training camp. Officially a go, the NFLPA and NFL come to an agreement. What does training camp look like? Very different from years prior. We will get you started by breaking down the details of the training camp schedule because it will be very regimented in Tom Pelissero has a tweet with the NFLPA memo for the 2020 preseason calendar. That's where we're going to start. Then we need to talk a little bit about the Bengals cut down to 80. They currently have 84 players on the roster, if I can count, which is questionable at best. But Brandon Crystal from KOA Colorado got his hands on the memo that went out to teams outlining their two options for the cut down to 80. So we'll talk about that and what that means for the Bengals in segment two. And then segment three, Joe Burrow, seen in Cincinnati. And that should bring some relief to Bengals fans because there is continued anxiety in my mentions on Twitter, James, about the Bengals signing Joe Burrow for some reason. But let's get started by taking a look at this training camp schedule. And I know there are a lot of first-year coaches this year, James, but I can't imagine any other coach has had the sort of start to his head coaching career that Zach Taylor has coming in late last year after the Super Bowl, scrambling to put a staff together, going through who knows how many defensive coordinator candidates, meeting some of his coaches for the first time at the NFL Combine. Year two comes along, doesn't get OTAs, doesn't get a regular training camp. Instead, The first four days after veterans report on July 28th are dedicated to COVID testing. It's unfortunate. And it's, it's not just that, right? He doesn't have a preseason to evaluate these guys. Um, They're going to have to wait a couple more days. So COVID testing for those first four days and then veterans like Trey Waynes have to pass their physical and and then they can finalize their contracts and all that good stuff. So there's, there's a lot of administrative stuff that I wish the NFL had planned ahead of time in the Players Association where they could have uh, agreed to this and have players report a week early. And I know the Players Association didn't want to do that, but it would have been nice to to get a lot of this stuff out of the way because instead now you're, you're going to be um, starting August without having these guys begin strength and conditioning programs in, in a lot of cases because most of the veterans won't be able to do so yet. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's chaotic. And there's a a lot of reasons if you're Zach Taylor to uh, be pulling your hair out right now. But uh, hopefully he's keeping it together and uh, his coaching staff is as well. 
In trying to bring order to the chaos, the NFLPA sends out this 2020 preseason calendar that outlines essentially to the day what activities will be allowed to happen for NFL teams. So from July 28th to July 31st, you have COVID testing. From August 1st to August 2nd, you have physicals and equipment. And this is a part, James, where I agree with you. Why not set up an optional provision for players to go in early, get COVID testing started, and effectively enable them to get their physicals done earlier? Maybe there were safety protocols that weren't done yet. For example, the Bengals just today on Sunday as we record this got their infectious disease response plan approved by the NFL, which means they can start training camp effectively. Required for all 32 teams, Bengals one of several to be approved. Maybe that was a holdup? But this is a lot of time, effectively an entire week of training camp allotted time. And I know there's no preseason, so there's more time to ramp up to the regular season. But an entire week dedicated to testing and physicals. And and a guy like Trey Waynes, who really wants to get that deal done, well, why not let him come in earlier to get his testing and physical done? Why not do that for all new free agents, for example? I... I don't know, you know, especially a team like the Bengals. And and here's the thing is I, I don't think it's up to the team. I think it, this is probably a specific schedule that the Players Association and the NFL agreed to. And they're probably outside of the, the Texans and the Chiefs because they play on Thursday night and not Sunday or Monday uh, to start the season. That's it. You can report Tuesday. You can get your, your COVID testing done Tuesday. You wait 72 hours. You get another test on Friday. And that's just that's just kind of it. And, and I don't know medically if there's a reason why you have to wait 72 hours if there's because the results only take 24. So I don't really get the logic, especially because they're going to be tested every single day. Anyways, every single player is for the first two weeks of camp. That was agreed to uh, last I saw. So it's uh, it's weird. Right. It's a very unique training camp. And it's going to be. And I think. As a fan, I know as a media member, certainly as coaches and players, you're just going to have to roll with it and be flexible and try to get through it and hope that uh, when September 13th rolls around that there's uh, regular season football to be played. So if you're waiting for Joe Burrow in a Bengals helmet, maybe the Bengals will do photos earlier than this, but the Mm -hmm. first day that players are permitted to wear helmets and and shells on the field, August 12th, August 14th, non-padded practice days, 14th and 16th, Full padded practices beginning August 16th going through September 6th, a maximum of 14 padded practices during this period. That is not a whole lot of time. We speculated last week when there was some talk that there might be only eight padded practices, that the most would probably be three weeks. And that's what we've got leading in to the regular season. Coming up next, we'll break down the options for NFL teams to get their rosters down to 80. There are two different approaches that teams can take that come with different deadlines attached to them. No indication yet which way the Bengals will go, but we can speculate a little bit about who the players in danger are and what's really an unfortunate situation because there are going to be guys all over the league that don't even get a chance to suit up and show these coaches that wanted to take a chance on them and see what they had. They do belong in the NFL and, and that's always hard. So that's coming up next. We'll get into those rules before we get into that. It's hot 
in Cincinnati, James, and it's going to be hot when these players are in Cincinnati. Maybe it'll cool off a little bit by the time they get on the field in a couple weeks, but but the listeners don't get to take those couple weeks before they go back to work. They're commuting to work right now, probably, as they're listening to this show and subjecting their vehicles to the rigors of a Cincinnati summer, and I know that that heat will wreak havoc on your car. If you don't have your coolant levels topped up, you don't have a nice fresh battery heat, absolutely lethal for batteries. People talk about the cold, but you look at your laptop battery, the reason that dies is because you let your laptop get too hot. Same goes for vehicles, I imagine, any battery to some extent. And if you need a car part, you should head over to rockauto.com. They're sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast and have excellent prices and parts for literally every vehicle that you could possibly have. Honda, Daewoo, BMW, Hyundai, it doesn't matter. Toyota, they have it all in one spot, rockauto.com. And and here's the great thing, especially right now during COVID-19, instead of having to go mask up, go into a store, have someone type it in on the computer at those big box stores, you can save money by doing it from your own home. You don't have to go anywhere, so it's super convenient. And here's the thing. A lot of do-it-yourselfers have to pay more for the parts they buy you don't have to do that at rockauto.com because if you're going to that big box store, you have to pay one price, whether in your car dealer has to pay another price. Well, you can get that same price at rockauto.com, save money, save time, and go there now. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So, James, the NFL has issued a roster cap size of 80 players. The NFL, NFLPA agreed on this despite NFLPA perhaps wanting to see some additional guys get a chance. In the name of safety, reducing the amount of players in the facility, I think, is part of the justification. I'm sure for the owners, money is part of it, too. There's a roster cap at 80 players. The Bengals currently have 84 players under contract on the roster including, of course, T. Higgins and Joe Burrow, who haven't yet officially signed their their deals. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But that means the Bengals need to cut four players. Last night, before I went to bed, I started looking at this, looking through the roster, trying to find what players might be on the cusp. And I thought that they had to make these cuts by Tuesday. Turns out they have options. They can either do the cut down by Tuesday, get to 80 players, and then proceed as normal. But Brandon Crystal, who works out in Denver, KOA Colorado, got his hands on the memo outlining the options. Option one is on or before the mandatory reporting date for veteran players, the club may reduce this active list from 90 to 80. And if they elect to do so, The club is not required to observe split squad procedures. And so that is one option. Option two, you can carry 90 on the team until August 16th. And that gives you until still before padded practices. You remember from segment one, padded practices won't start until I think August 17th, the day after the roster reduction is scheduled. They could at least get some of these guys in the facility, in strength and conditioning, in some of those walkthroughs before they make the decision if they go that way. But it does require that the players have to be divided into two groups and these teams are going to have to do whatever these split squad procedures are. 
Right. It's it, it's complicated if they go that route. Uh, you know, it adds a, another layer of um, uh, of breaking up into groups and, and things like that. And I, I do wonder because, look, in, in a regular offseason, 47 of the 53 you already know, right, You're going in and there's a couple of spots p- potentially up for grabs. And that's really the case here with this Bengals roster. I, I think there's five or six spots maybe that you could make an argument are up for grabs. But you know, the wide receivers are mostly locked in. The running backs are mostly locked in. Quarterbacks, it seems like all three are probably locked in, right? So you you, you look at it and you wonder, do the Bengals just decide to do it now? And, and are, is news going to come down, you know, later, you know, Sunday evening or, or Monday morning that they did so? Because the last thing you want to do right now, if you're the coaching staff, at least in my mind, is waste time. So, and I'm just going to pick out a random player here. Brady Shelton, Sheldon. Is he a guy that you think can be a part of your future and maybe make the the expanded practice squad? If the Bengals coaches already know, probably not in that linebacker room that's really crowded, then maybe they should just let him know now. And I'm not trying to be mean there. It's just it's it's almost time to be honest because a lot of these guys are, are going to ultimately get cut or not end up on the, the practice squad. And uh, if you can set them free and maybe they can latch on somewhere else, that would be uh, I'd be doing them a favor, especially with everything going on. Yeah, it's interesting that you picked the name Brady Sheldon. I don't think he was on my list of guys that is potentially in danger. He was actually signed midway through the season last year. Actually, a really good athlete. Hasn't ever put it together in the NFL, mostly a special teamer for the Bengals last year when he did come up and spent a lot of time on the inactive game day list. I just want to touch about these split squad procedures. So PFT looked into this a little bit. And they say that the first group will consist of mainly rookies, first-year players, any quarterbacks or injured players. The second group would be all veterans who report on July 28th. And so they would have to operate with these two groups separated. And so the speculation is that a lot of teams are going to cut down to 80 before the 28th. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, dealing with the logistics of, of splitting your rookies off, for example, like the Bengals, if you were to split Joe Burrow and your quarterbacks off, I mean, I guess I guess that's okay if you're doing it before on-field work, but there is some on-field work in this period, August 12th to August 16th. So that doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. But I did go through the roster last night, James, and I, I have a, tr- a thread up on Twitter. It's like eight tweets long or something. It was 11 p.m. I was getting ready to go to sleep. And I was like, hey, you know what I want to do before I go to sleep on this Saturday night is I want to look at the Bengals roster and try to figure out where these cuts are going to come from and how is a team going to do it, right? We, we saw the quote from the scout. It said, we, we're going to have to go on traits. And so I looked through the roster. The Bengals have seven running backs on the roster. The Bengals have seven tight ends on the roster. There are 12 wide receivers on the roster. I think those are some areas where you could see a guy get cut, especially at the back of that running back room. Like you've got four guys at the front of the roster that you really like. You sign Samaji Piran, but you bring him back this offseason. That's five veterans. Well, two second-year players and three veterans. Are you really going to give Jacques Patrick and, and Devil Whaley a chance? Do, do, I mean, I don't know. You look at tight ends, Moritz Boringer has been a roster exemption for what feels like a decade. And Jordan Franks has stuck around after being a college free agent in 2018. Mitchell Wilcox is a college free agent this year. Are any of those guys going to get a chance? 
I think most of them will because they only need to cut four players. But just looking at those two position groups, you could see some cuts. You could. And it's I actually like Mitchell Wilcox. I hope he does get a shot. I think he uh, had some bad quarterback play at USF. Maybe he'll be able to latch onto the practice squad. Um, but but yeah, you're right. Like there's it, it's a tough balance here because as a coaching staff, you do also have to take into consideration that the practice squads are going to be expanded. You're going to have more slots. You're going to be able to keep more players around. So how do you want to juggle that? And the, the one thing I will say with Zach Taylor and the rest of this staff is it, it does seem like they've been pretty organized throughout the offseason from what their their plan was in free agency, what their plan was in the draft. And I know it's not just the coaching staff, but it certainly coincided with what they had in their vision for this team. So I hope they have sort of a, an idea, maybe not of who the 53 are going to be, especially that 47 to 53 range, but they have an idea of, of the, the realistic practice squad candidates, right? The guys that at least they anticipate um, being able to make this, this expanded roster, so to speak. So um, I, I, I do agree, though. I think those are two spots. Like Moritz Boringer, I get it. He's athletic. You know, he's drafted by the Vikings way back when and, and all that. But how much, how much more do you need to see? Do you need to see more out of him, or do you want to get a look at him, Mitchell Wilcox, and see maybe if he has what it takes to develop into an NFL player? I'm just not sure if Boinger actually counts against the roster because he came from yeah. Europe and he's had a he's had an exemption. He's been an extra player for all these years, and so there hasn't been a downside to keeping him around. And Jordan Franks is another young guy. He's he's a relatively good athlete that they like, and there's a reason that they've been keeping him around. You can say the same thing for Seath and Carter to some degree, but but that's a lot of players at the tight end position that this team doesn't seem prime to make very good use of. I looked at the rest of the roster as well. The offensive line, I think all these guys get through the first round. They're going to want as much competition as possible here. The only guys that even could be cuts are the new guys this year, Clay Cordasco and Josh Nipple. and I think that they're going to want to see what these undrafted free agents have. They, de- they, they dedicated very few draft resources, a six-round pick to an offensive lineman, only got two as undrafted free agents. I think they need to keep all those guys and see if anything works out. On defense, I think the, the first 10 defensive linemen, the 10 that are likely to make the team, are pretty well set. So, I mean, barring injury, I don't necessarily see them carrying 13 defensive linemen, I th- maybe even more. In into camp, trade Deshaun, Tyler Clark, Kendrell Foot Futrell, Futrell. I I don't even know how to pronounce these guys' names yet. I, one of those guys could be unlucky. Going through the rest of the roster, hard to imagine any cuts at linebacker. You you mentioned Brady Sheldon, but they brought him in last year, kept him around. I, I think that they're going to want as much competition there as possible as well. And obviously, there will be cuts between camp and the season, but I, I don't know if I see any in the first round. And then at the cornerback position, this is the other one that's pretty pretty well stocked. You could say there are 10 corners. We've talked about this a lot. 10 corners on the roster right now. Four of them are roster locks. Three of the non-roster locks were also off-season acquisitions, meaning that they made it a priority to bring these guys in. They kept Greg Maben and Torrey McTire after they were role players last year, and they brought in Isaiah Swan as a college free agent. Are all those guys going to get their chance to to show that? I mean, how many how many corners are you going to keep? 
And then the one guy that I didn't notice when I did this last night is backup long snapper Dan Godsell. And and that one could just be, hey, Clark Harris has been our guy and we're going to keep him our guy in a year where we don't have roster spots to spare. And that one wouldn't shock me at all because of Clark Harris and because you're only keeping one, obviously, and there's no real real debate there. But it's – heck, we're just going through this. It, it is going to be um, – sort of sort of tough here that you know depending on on what happens I, I think like the let's say 50 through 53 right we're just trying to get down to 80 from 84 but 50 to 53 with no preseason games 14 padded practices or less depending on what the schedule ends up being it's going to be uh it's going to be quite the challenge and um I, I do agree like devil whaley is a guy in, in if you did any research and looked at his background that the running back from Arkansas, he hasn't really been productive. So if he hasn't been productive and he was a top high school recruit and his best season in college was his freshman year where he's a, he wasn't a redshirt, he was a true freshman, played well in the SEC, but then slowly tailed off from there. If that's the case, are you sure you need to get a look at him, right? Or, or, or do you move on and, and give him a shot to, to catch on elsewhere, maybe get in a camp or something like that? I, I think you can have an honest conversation about a, a couple of these guys since you do have to get down to 80 versus the normal 90. It's uncomfortable, right? Because uh-huh. you want all these guys to get their chance and, and maybe you, you let somebody go who would have otherwise made your practice squad. It's hard to know, right? Who those 16 guys this year allowed on the practice squad are going to be. And it's just when, when, when the running back room is Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Travion Williams, Rodney Anderson, Samaji P Ryan, do you need more depth than that right now at, at, at going into camp? Like, are you not going to be able to get one of these guys at the Jocks Patrick, Dave Whaley tier off the street if you need one? And the other thing, Jake, is all three of those guys, all, all four, um, and Anderson, Patrick, P. Ryan, and Whaley, they could all be put on the practice squad mm-hmm. under the new CBA. And, and P. Ryan, I, I don't know because I know he's bounced back and forth. I don't know if he would have still been eligible but he is now under with the, the new CBA rules. So I wouldn't be shocked. Do you need to keep four? Do you need four? Like they probably the keep four. They I just, probably I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, in the past they have, but I, I don't know if you do. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know if you need to. I think because of who the players are, they'll keep four. Be, just because of who they are. And this is this is another case study on the the contract they gave Giovanni Bernard, who I love as a player and a person, but I, I don't love the contract. Um, it's, it's a locked roster spot until, until he moves on or, or the Bengals, you know, decide to feature him. Maybe, maybe Joe Mixon leaves and they need to feature Giovanni Bernard for a year. I don't know. Uh, but, but I also think that the, the corner position is one where you could see somebody go. So Dan Godsell, I think, is, is one that I feel pretty confident. If if we're going to care, if we have to cut down players, we can't, unless they need them, because you do actually need maybe an, a, the extra specialist to get through some of those camp practices. Maybe that's why he's there, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and, and in the past, that's why you have a second kicker sometimes. Not necessarily competition as much as it is have another leg there so you're not tiring out, you, you know, your, your field goal kicker. Yeah, you need the bodies. On the defensive line, I thought this was a pretty good position where somebody might go to. Uh, just because, you know, Dunlap, Reader, Tupo, 
Atkins, Glasgow, Hubbard, Lawson, probably Rennell Rem, probably Andrew Brown. Like that's probably your guys. And, and agreed. Khaled Kareem as well. He's a rookie. So you have three other college free agents there. I think that one of those guys might not make the cut. And, and so <laughs> this is where I don't know how the Bengals are going to figure this out. It's impossible for us to figure it out. I just don't envy that position, I guess, is, is no, what I'm with, saying. Without getting the luck, because it, it would be one thing if you had rookie minicamp, you had some OTAs, you were able to look at these guys a little bit, but you haven't. It's literally been how we're talking virtually, and that's it. That's all you have to go off of. Yeah. And that sucks, you know, and, and, and that's why maybe they do the the split squad and they, they do it to where they can bring all of these guys or well, no, they they won't be able to, right? Or yeah, they can. I, what am I saying? Yeah, bring them all in and get a look for a little bit instead of making these moves right away. Be interesting to watch. They're just from the time you're listening to this podcast, probably just about a day before the Bengals need to figure this out. So we'll have to keep an eye on which route they go and who the guys are that are going to be on the outside looking in. And and really, what we're talking about is practice squad candidates. Most likely and and long term, probably not a huge impact, but a huge impact on the individuals. And so that's that's the part that that I think is hard for for anybody who's a fan of the game. Coming up next, Joe Burrow. He's in Cincinnati, James. Maybe some people will calm down with the, the signing anxiety. We'll get into that coming up next. Let's keep things rolling with number nine, Joe Burrow. Uh, obviously in Cincinnati, as the rest of the Bengals rookies are, uh, was pictured on Friday at Black Sheep Performance in Blue Ash. It's the training center that Sam Hubbard and Drew Sample have worked out together at uh, virtually all offseason. But Joe Burrow getting in a workout with his teammates and um, Freedom uh, was also there. And I'm going to butcher his last name, but defensive end Freedom Akin Mandalinen. I, I honestly I don't know how to say his last name. I guess I should. Uh, Jake, and then apparently four other defensive rookies, and we don't know if they were the draft picks or a mixture of the draft picks and, and college free agents. Either way, Joe Burrow working out with what appears to be at least seven other Bengals teammates last week. Seven, more than just those those three guys. Yep, those three, and then four defensive rookies. They just weren't named. Hmm. So, and and again, they could be guys that were undrafted or, or you know whatever. But there's a. Uh, there was at least four more, and, and apparently veterans this week have uh, have schedules and, and plans on coming in as well and, and working out there at Black Sheep Performance. Well, I guess Joe Burrow is working out like a pass rusher then. All those – and Drew Sample, who's also working out with a bunch of defensive players. Freedom Akin Moladun. There you go. Akin Moladun. Uh, I'm not it's sure. It's tough, man. Didn't the Bengals honestly, just put out a media guide? Don't, do we have pronunciations should, in there? I should have looked at it. Yeah, I should have looked at it, but, you know, for, for that pronunciation. Um, but honestly, if your name's Freedom, do you even need a last name? I mean, that's like the coolest name ever. It's a, good that's a really cool name. Yeah. Good name. So Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. A lot of people still in, in both of our mentions, I think, James. I don't know. Should we be worried that Joe Burrow hasn't signed, man? I don't know, Rick. I don't know. Uh No. He's in Cincinnati. He's working out. He's going to sign his deal. He'll be at training camp. There's really nothing to worry about. And so my favorite thing that's come out of all this is somebody saw my reaction tweet 
to Joe Burrow working out with his teammates and and put up a, a side-by-side comparison of, of Baker Mayfield at a pool party somewhere, not looking super fit beside Joe Burrow right after he worked out. And uh, that went a little viral. So Joe Burrow in better shape than Baker Mayfield was at some point when that picture was taken, which was probably over a year ago. That picture was actually from, uh, I think it was Super Bowl week. I was still in Cleveland at that point, that was, and I remember, and I remember ripping Baker. No, that was recent. That's right that was now. Recent. That, wow. So, but I, again, he's had that's six months ago now since Super Bowl week, or you know, five and a half months. But, but yeah, it. Uh, and that's the thing when you're 23, 24, as we all know, it's it's real easy. It's not hard to get in in, in great shape, especially when you're, you're you're training like they are. And uh, it is good to see though, because I. You remember the Good Morning America interview from a couple of weeks ago. Joe Burrow said, I'm in the best shape of my life. And then you look at him and he looks he looks strong. Like it's not like he's like this, you know, ripped guy that that has a two percent body fat. No, he's he's a guy who looks like he's he's ready to to get hit, which you need to be as a quarterback. And uh, and, and he looks strong. So it's uh, it's good to see for sure that he's putting the work in. And, and the other thing is, Jake, hanging out with your teammates in person. I think is extremely important. He's obviously close with Sam Hubbard. We knew that, but you're talking about Drew Sample, Freedom, and four other defensive rookies. The fact that they're all in, just in the same building, I think that's a uh, that's good for team camaraderie and, and just building a rapport with their teammates. Yeah, the other thing that that stood out to me is I think he's gained some weight, and that was one of the the questions about him. Some people thought he was a little slight of frame. I think he's on that NFL eating and working out program now. He looks to me, like he's gained a little bit of weight, and he probably will want to carry a little bit more weight in the NFL, like talking 5, 10 pounds or so, than he did at LSU. So that's something that I think people have wanted to see for a while. Joe Burrow, back in Cincinnati for the first time, as far as we know, since he was eating wings at the at the Mason Buffalo Wild Wings with his girlfriend, uh, whenever that happened around the draft. So that's uh, pretty cool, huh? Get, get a Joe Burrow sighting. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it, oh. it, it's good. And the the other thing um, I do want to mention, speaking of like in shape, and it is in shape season, right? And, and these players doing uh, doing what they can to, to make the team or prove themselves. Jordan Evans, the linebacker, mm. has dropped 19 pounds this offseason, according to his trainer, from 250 to 231. Pictures uh, are up on Twitter, and I, I posted them on the website as well. Uh, allbengals.com, shameless plug. Um, and the other thing uh, that he did, he dropped his body fat percentage. I believe it was at 15 or 17.5%, and now it's down to 12.4%. So Jordan Evans looking uh, looking pretty lean, looking pretty ripped here before the start of training camp. That's another guy in a crowded position room trying to make the team. I think, I think he's going to have to fight, despite being a veteran, to make the team this year. The one other note here is somebody saw Joe Burrow at a restaurant in Cincinnati. And and we saw an Instagram photo. I think it was Burrow and Hubbard went out to dinner. Some, some restaurant in Cincinnati. It, it was, yeah. So Burrow and Hubbard went out to dinner. And it's, like I said, I, I think they're pretty tight. Uh, you know, yeah, obviously they, they were they were teammates at Ohio State. and They live together. They, they text all the time. Yeah. So it's, it, it's good to see that. Like, Hubbard is a guy that you know has respect of this locker room. Like, he just... 
how he carries himself. It, it didn't take long for him to earn that even as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if you're Burrow and you walk into that and you're best friends for, with a guy like that, I think it's uh, it's certainly good for your um, your, not that he needs extra weight in the locker room or extra pool as being the, the number one pick and the starting quarterback, but uh, it can't, can't hurt his cause. That's for sure. He is a rookie though. He does have to win them over, you know, the first time and working out with Sam Hubbard, you're right. Can't hurt. It's paparazzi season in Cincinnati. We'll be back tomorrow with some more news as we're going to be just on the eve of training camp veterans reporting as we record Joe Burrow might be allowed in the Bengals facility. Who knows? He might be there as we're recording this right now, James, on Sunday afternoon. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.